Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. highlights if you missed any of the episodes throughout the month of may then this one is just for you it features highlights from the conversations i had with all the guests throughout the month of may so without further ado let's get on with the show jim you're very welcome to concerts that made us thank you very much brian thanks for having me it's great to have you it's great to have you now I'm dying to find out your musical history and how you got to the point where you are. You're a composer, producer, you run LARP music and you make compositions for the likes of the BBC, Universal. But there's one piece of information that sticks out at me and I can't believe you haven't had this wiped from the internet. You were (laughs) responsible for getting Crazy Frog to number one. Uh, I can't claim 100% responsibility that, but I was certainly part of the team that, yeah. Yeah, I and I sometimes joke, because this was in a previous life. When I was doing The Crazy Frog, that was when I was, um, I, was I was a marketing consultant, basically. And so I kind of, it was latterly that I sort of shifted into music. And I, I kind of joke now that everything I'm doing musically in the world is to sort of like uh, make reparations for crimes against music <laughs> by helping the crazy frog get to number one. But that said, you know, I also joke that the crazy frog prevented Coldplay from getting to number one. And in many people's eyes, uh, that's, that's, that's heroic uh, yeah. and and well received. So it depends which way you look at it. Yeah. That's a bit of a, a saving grace. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I'm sure we'll touch on how you managed to get such a, I don't know what you could say, such a song to number one Mm. later but uh can you we'll move on to your personal history can you remember your very first musical memory yeah it was funny you should ask that because just the other week for something that i'm doing i had to delve into an old lp called it's called all aboard children's songs and it's got it's it's like a compilation album of loads of different songs, and there's there's one called "The Laughing Policeman." There's uh, Ernie who drove the fastest milk cart in the West, which yeah. was a song by Benny Hill. Oh. Um, and it was this compilation album, and there was also there was um, a song called "Boom Titty Boom," which was Sophia Loren and Peter Sellers. All these kind of random songs, but those are my first musical memories of putting that LP on and listening to that. But weirdly, when you go back as well, like the Benny Hill track. Ernie, who drove the fastest milk cart in the West, the, the lyrics in that song are all about the reason he drove a fast milk 
cart was because he was he was having an affair with every woman in the neighborhood so he had to, he had to drive away really quickly so as a kid listening to that you, you you know today you might go well that's a little bit inappropriate for a kid's song but i didn't i didn't i didn't read between the lines i just it was just a cool quirky song about a guy who drove a fast milk cart so. yeah yeah <laughs> it's definitely one of the the most interesting answers i've heard so far anyway. <laughs> but uh <laughs> And I see him swerving and cursive, elusive. It's rather intrusive. We just keep winning now. We just keep winning now. Just wait, grind don't stop, people feeding this hunger Killing everything, yeah, I feel like a monster Homie is dead, I just bought me a shovel Bury him daily, the new me just hustle Flow is magnificent, we insignificant What's the predicament? We just so militant Spread my wings, we gon' fly Live the legends, don't die Let's go, let's go Spread my wings, we gon' fly Live the legends, don't die Let's go, let's go, let's go Spread my wings, we gon' fly Live the legends, don't die Let's go, let's go, let's go We don't stop, we keep pushing Flow is magnificent, we get significant We don't stop, we keep What's the predicament? We just so militant. Addicted to winning, I feel like an addict It's just reality, ain't no one bad as me Feel the capacity Grind don't stop, keep on feeding this hunger Killing everything, yeah, I feel like a monster Homie is dead, I just bought me a shovel Bury him daily, the new me just hustle Push it Push it Push it Flow is magnificent, we insignificant Push it Push it Push it What's the predicament, we just so militant Push it Back to the basics, hard to face this Killing everything, yeah, we leaving no traces Evidence, they just be negligence I mean, they never since Rule like the presidents We grind this everything, we find this everything We just be striving, always surviving We just be riding, always colliding Spread my wings, we gon' fly Live the legends, don't die Spread my wings, we gon' fly Live the legends, don't die Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go Juliana, you're very welcome to concerts that made us. Thank you so much for having me. So I'd love to give the listeners a sense of your musical history. Can you remember your very first musical memory? 
My first musical memory was when I was five. Uh, my it's from my grandpa actually. Um, he we have a theater locally, and a lot of national acts come, but not a lot of like musicians. Like usually it'll be theater, and I specifically remember my grandpa was really excited when he came home because. BB King was gonna be here, like he oh. was, and it was weird because like he's like this, like national act, and he's coming to our town. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and my grandpa was like, "Oh my god!" She like, like ask my mom. She was like, "Can you can you let me take her? I want to show her this concert." And I was like five at the time. I didn't know what was going on, <laughs> but looking back on it, I'm so thankful because that was my first experience to music. I remember being in a crowd with people. I remember like seeing how happy my grandpa was that you know I, I got, he he got to see that, mm. and I specifically remember that it was him just sitting with his guitar and you know I was like this is cool I've never seen that before because I think at the time I was just used to either seeing the pop singers you know doing yeah. a bunch of dazzling performances or bands you know and it was him playing guitar and I really enjoyed it uh, and now looking back I'm just so thankful that I, I got to see him live yeah. so that's really my first musical memory I would say <laughs> That's possibly one of the best musical memories I've heard now. And <laughs> what an introduction to concerts as well. B.B. King, you know, yeah, like it was he's that. on everybody's bucket list. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I'm, I'm so thankful I got to see him live in concerts. Definitely one of the best for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At which point then when you were younger, did you decide, right, I want to be a musician? Um. It's always been, it's funny because in school, you know, you get the yearbooks and everyone says, oh, I want to do this when I grow up. Everyone wanted to be like, like a doctor and, you know, do all these jobs. And I never was connected to any of that. I always wanted to do something with the arts. And my mom, I remember she, she offered me piano lessons and it's funny because I actually hated it I didn't like it at all <laughs> I, I did not like it but my mom when she was like younger she took piano lessons and she quit and she regretted it I mean till this day she tells me she regrets so she was like I don't want you to feel like I felt so I'm kind of thankful that she pushed me to do it because if I hadn't done that I wouldn't know all the stuff that I know now but I always wanted to do something with the arts and I think when I found out that there, you know, that people could go into music, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And, and I remember every year writing in my yearbook, I want to be a musician. <laughs> and everyone was like, I, you know, like, okay, fine, be a musician. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think people around you, you know, I feel like when kids and teenagers say, I want to be a musician, it's looked at as, oh, yeah this is a phase, they'll grow out of it and then they'll realize. Was that what you experienced? Yeah, a lot, a lot of times. I was um, I was definitely that one kid <laughs> that was always like, uh, I was very open about it and I portrayed it, you know, I made sure that, you know, I want to be a musician, that's what I want to do. And I remember um, in school, like we'd have like essay writings and like one time, I, I vividly remember this because it just stayed with me. Um, I, we had to write an essay like, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I think I was in middle school and I, I wrote down everything like I want to do this. I want to record. 
and they were like, who wants to share? And I was like, you know what, I'm going to share. And I just remember them being like, all right, that's how, how, how you think now. But like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm pretty solid about it. <laughs> you know, I gave up a lot of time for it. So it's, it's definitely one of those things that people look at you like, oh, it's a phase. But, you know, they see when they get to the point that they see how much you work for it, then it's like, all right, I, yeah, you really do <laughs> like music. You know what I mean? <laughs>
Becky, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. I feel like we're going to have a really interesting chat about your music now. Thank you. And I know I must tell the listeners that Rob will be joining us at some stage. So if they start to hear another male voice, don't get too worried. It's just Rob after joining the interview. So um, we'll, uh, we'll give the listeners a sense of you with regards to music, where you came from, how you uh, became a musician. Can you remember your earliest musical memory? Like, uh, that's hard to say. I've been, you know, listening to music, obviously, my whole life. Um, listening to metal music my whole life. Um, I started singing when I was like 10, I started taking voice lessons. So I've, I've always, uh, been, you know, in doing music. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned you took voice lessons. I yeah. take it they were very conventional voice lessons that weren't kind of influenced by heavy metal or stuff like that. How do you think no. your uh, your uh, your voice coach would feel about you being in a metal band and singing well, that way? I'm actually, yeah, I'm uh, classically trained and uh, I still, um, I'm actually a music major and I, uh, my, I don't know, uh, my voice teachers are, uh, I don't, they know about it, like the metal music, but I don't think they, uh, I don't know how they feel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much they heard. <laughs> uh, Rob has just joined us now as well. Rob, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to have you. So I was just asking Becky, can she remember her very first musical memory? Oh. My very first musical memory. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We're going to have to go way back there. Let's see. I think the very first musical thing that I did probably was my parents used to play a lot of classical music when I was growing up. Mm. And so I remember listening to, let's see, it was the Ina Klein and Ock music, you know, dun, 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 from yeah. Mozart. Oh, yeah. So. I remember listening to that as a kid and conducting the radio, basically. <laughs> and that was that was my, my earliest memory. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting choice. So classical music, being a, a hard rock metal musician, how do you think the classical music kind of influenced you or uh, led you towards metal? Oh, my gosh. I can kind of almost sum it up in one word. Ingve. that's all it took really is once i found out that this is like that ingve malmsteen was a fellow who plays pretty much everything classically you know including the way he plays guitar he plays in classical position i do too Mm. uh i found out it's actually better that way because it's uh it gives me more access to the frets and the other position is just a little awkward for the hands so it kind of doesn't really it's not very ergonomic but um but, but yeah, honestly, I've heard classical reference after classical reference in mu- in heavy metal music almost constantly. Uh, I can give two, uh, one very obvious example and one hidden example. The very obvious example would be in at the end of Necrophagus, Only Ash Remains, is uh, he suddenly breaks out into Prokofiev's, uh, I forgot, it's called The Montagues and the Capulets, and it's from Romeo and Juliet. Mm. So that's one. 
And then the less obvious one is, I forgot what song it is, but it's by Immortal, and he randomly throws in the Imperial March. Right, right. I forgot which one it is, but I think it's off It's off of Battles in the North. So ah, I see, I see. And growing up, was there a certain point in your lives where something or somebody influenced you and you thought to yourself, I want to be like them. I want to be a musician. This is what my life is going to be. Um, well, for me, uh, growing up, I mean, I, my mom loves Pat Benatar, so at a young age, she'd show me, like, you know, different 80s, like, metal and rock, and um, I was very influenced by Pat Benatar, I'd say. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a great influence to have. She is one of the legends of rock music. Yes. I would say, in, in my case, that... Um, it was it was kind of interesting. I think that, you know, after having gone to concerts and seen concerts as a kid and uh, when I was in elementary school, um, we, there's a uh, where I live, we have a local philharmonic. Um, they come to the schools quite often and they show off their instruments to the kids and they they play for us. And uh, I even remember meeting uh, our uh, the conductor who sadly passed away a couple a uh, couple years ago. But um I remember meeting him as a kid and, you know, I think it was just, I think a lot of it was the fact that all, all of the music teachers in this particular area, they all seem kind of interconnected. So because of that, because of that community, uh, there was a huge influence in me eventually picking up another instrument, my main, my, which became my main instrument, the French horn. I picked up, I picked that up in fifth grade. And but early on, there was always something musical going on, you know, in, in this area in particular around that time. And yeah. then and then it and then in high school, that was when it got very serious because, you know, that was another music teacher who even at a private school, she knew all of the local teachers in the area. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just that it's just that kind of thing where everybody where everybody knows each other. And if you gravitate towards it, you kind of get pulled into the into the the fold.
Artie and Darren, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Well, thank you for I'm delighted to have you. I've been looking forward to this one now for a while. Do you mind putting a bit of yourself into the songs? Is it kind of like therapy to kind of express yourself through, through the lyrics? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the whole writing process is therapy for all of us, you know, but when it comes to the lyrics, it definitely is a therapeutic experience, you know, and I, I try to stick to things that, you know, I could hear over and over again and I get sick of, you know, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've lived uh, an extraordinary life. I've had a lot of really wild experiences throughout my life, ups and downs, uh, you name it. I've kind of been through it. I always say I kind of live like a hundred lives, you know? And, uh, so, you know, um, it's very therapeutic to, to put down something, um, that you've been through because, uh, you kind of look at it differently yourself. Yeah, yeah. And the band as a whole, I'd love to let the listeners know, how did you guys come together? What's the story behind the band? Uh, well, I, I started this in 2015 with me and a drummer. And it was just, I had just gotten sober. Uh, you know, I stopped drinking and doing drugs and I, I got the fire to play again. And uh, so I'm like, I'm going to do something. So I started writing and then I got together with the drummer and we we were just jamming on stuff and writing songs. And uh, eventually, you know, Kenny, our singer, I reached out to him. I, I had got out on tour with, with Harley Flanagan. I used to play for Harley Flanagan, the Chromes. And uh, so I got on tour with him and, and Kenny was living in Arizona and I kind of reached out to him. And eventually he moved back to New York uh, because he, want, he wanted to do this with us. And as soon as he joined the band, Odie joined the band immediately because I wanted Odie to play with us. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's involved in other projects himself. And he said, you know, I'm not really going to join something that's not ready yet, you know, and because uh, I played with Odie in a lot of different things growing up. I've known him my whole life. And once Kenny joined, Odie called me about 10 minutes after we posted it and said, I'm in. So <laughs> that's how it's really started. And then, you know, it didn't work out with the, with the first drummer. We went through a few drummers uh, and then during the pandemic, you know, um, we had to let a guy go and, and we found Darren and Darren plugged in perfectly. He's, he's everything that we were looking for personality wise, uh, playing wise, attitude wise, uh, everything. And I played with Gabby, Gabby played with me and Harley Flanagan and he had left, um, uh, Harley's band. And, and we, we, you know, we stayed in touch throughout the whole time. And I asked him if he wanted to be involved with this and he jumped on it right away. And he was the only guitar player that I wanted in this band. You know, I had some other ideas, but it just, I don't know the way that me and Gabby work. It's, it's a different thing. So he jumped on it and, uh, and now we have this, this lineup and it's been, you know, it's been two years now uh, strong and we've been just uh, plugging away and writing songs and booking shows, no matter what happened during the pandemic, we just kept going after it. So that's kind of how this whole thing came about. And Darren, from your point of view, how did you feel the first time you heard the band? I loved it. I mean, I'm a groove guy. Uh, even though my background is thrash and death metal, uh, that's what I kind of 25 years did. That was kind of my thing, but it was always, I always plugged groove into everything. Uh, my favorite band of all time is Pantera. So right then and there, that's it. You're, you're, you're locked in. So their groove... Um, was something that struck me immediately and the riffs and, you know, everything about it was perfect. I had just left 
uh, like I said, my band of 24 years. Uh, we put it to bed for once and for all. And, and I was kind of looking for something new. I was kind of jamming with a New York hardcore band. Didn't work out. And Artie reached out to me and I immediately got to work. Uh, learned about 12 songs in about nine days and uh, started. We jammed during the pandemic at his house and everything just hit off. And he looked at me and said, hey, if you want the job, it's yours. And I said, I'm in. And that was it. Couple of weeks later, we jammed with Gabby, and it, like immediately, like immediately, it felt right. Like it was the most calm, exciting, perfect feeling I've ever felt jamming in a band. And it's only gotten that much better, you know, since day one. So it's it's exciting. It's it's uh, it's been a real great two years, and I can't wait to see what we do moving forward. You both touched on the the pandemic there. It was such a a dark period for the music worldwide and, you know, lots of bands couldn't play. How did you guys approach it? Did you use your time wisely to perfect and write lyrics, write songs? All work. That's all we did. We worked while every other band was like, eh, we're not going to jam. We're not going to do this. We'll see what happens. Everything's closed down. Why is it? We got to work immediately. We, we learned all the old songs, made sure we had them in the pocket so they were ready to go. So if anything, this ended, we were ready to go for shows. And then we started immediately working on new material, got that all worked out, went right into the studio, recorded three songs, and then started releasing them over the course of a year. And it was, it was fantastic. I mean, and never lost a step. And whenever anything would come up, we'd be ready to go. And, and we've kind of just continued that. We just, you know, there's some stuff that's going on personally for me right now. And even through that, uh, we work right through it. We, we just don't stop. We're, we're, uh, we're almost like a freight train where you can't stop us. Like we have a, our eye on a prize and we're shooting for it. And we're, we're never just, we're never going to stop. So it's, it's been, the pandemic actually was good for us. Um, it got us to really put our, our, you know, nose to the grindstone and get to work. And that's what we did. And it was fantastic. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I maybe this is wrong of me to say, but I think if we didn't have a pandemic, I don't know. I don't know if we would have had much work done. Right. Because we had all this extra time. Guys were out of work. We weren't doing stuff and we were able to just get in there and just go. And it was fantastic. And it, it paid off in the end because we had we recorded three killer songs. And then here we are. And we have three other songs that we had w- worked on and recorded. So weaponized being one of them. So. It was it was a fantastic time, definitely.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I for one surely did. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Your five-star review will be read out on the show. And don't forget, you can now rate us on Spotify. You can find and follow us on all social media at Concerts That Made Us Podcast. And don't forget to check out the website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us. So until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.